season three of the Catholic Buzz podcast. Welcome back. My name is Father Daniele, and I'm joined, as always, three seasons now in a row, Josh Sullivan over here, Hello. and Matt Van Milligan over here. Welcome Hello. to you guys. Thank We're you. We're back for another season. Uh, you know, I didn't think we'd make three episodes, <laughs> let alone three seasons. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, it's crazy. But here we are, and we got lots to talk about this season. You know, we've asked people to send us uh, topics of what they want us to talk about uh, at our new email address, askus at thecatholicbuzz.com. So we're going to get through some of those requests that people have been sending us. And if people haven't sent us already, they can still, you know, if people are watching us on YouTube or listening to us on all fantastic places that people can listen to our podcast. Eh? Uh, but today we have to start, I think, because this summer, uh, one of those events that happen in, in uh, the life of the church, the life of the country that doesn't happen too often is the Holy Pontiff, uh, the Holy Father, Pope Francis, touched down here in Canada for almost a week. Yeah, yeah that was exciting. Yeah. Was big deal. And of course, it was a penitential visit. Uh, so he was coming to meet with the indigenous peoples of Canada yep. and he went to three different locations. So today we are going to break down the Pope's uh, trip and talk about uh, a couple of things. You know, f- you know, w- what were expectations before his visit? Uh, what happened during his visit? What he said? What he didn't say? Uh, what were sort of uh, people's reactions to what he said. And then, of course, where do we go from here? So that's uh, kind of what we're starting season three with, and I'm excited to be doing it with the two of you. So let's start. Remember, um, this all happened fast. I believe it was last October of 2021 where first word came that the Pope was hinting at coming to Canada. And that news was sort of uh, really welcomed by the bishops of Canada, at mm-hmm. least, yeah. and raised alarm, I think, with uh, you know people uh, across Canada. Like, what is he doing coming to the country? Uh, we hope he be- he's going to apologize. What's his plan for coming? Like, that all started almost a year I ago. Right, right from the announcement, all of a sudden, you started getting all these different expectations, all these different... and But yeah. at, at the same time, you started getting... And you started seeing people's different views. So they're like, well, like putting expectations on what should happen, what they thought should happen, and as well as what um, maybe like, well, while he's here, maybe this will happen or maybe he'll do this or maybe. And like some people uh, maybe selfishly were, were talking about things that weren't about this truth and reconciliation visit, this, this um, penitential visit. Um, but once they finally outlined the agenda, that's when things kind of got more real, I guess, where we can actually start talking about, okay, he's going to do this. And we and and I think as a whole, Canada started to realize, oh, it's, it is specifically about, um, it has a purpose. It's not, this is not a, a celebrity trip, if That's you will. right. And I applaud the Holy Father for that. Yeah, and I 100%. applaud the organizers of the, of, of the papal visit. It's easy when a Pope visits uh, a country to turn it into like a Catholic fest or, yeah. uh, you know what I mean? Uh, and I mean, rightfully so. He is the leader of Canada's Catholics. He's the leader of all Catholics. But you know, he's coming to our country, so Catholics have a, an opportunity to see their their shepherd. Uh, however, even Catholics across Canada understood that this visit was primarily for yeah. this reason to to meet with the indigenous peoples, to listen to them, to journey with them. Uh, and I, I applaud everyone for not. Uh, eventually, as we as we were getting closer to his visit, of just accepting that that was the Pope's role here. Now, of course, when when the schedule of events were laid out, of course he had mass every day in different locations. But I mean, we do that as Catholics; we have mass every day, right? Mm-hmm. And you would expect the Holy Father 
Uh, but to do the same. But even in that mass, there was uh, specific expectations put on the attendance, meaning this is not a free-for-all. Anybody can come and join. Right. We've got... A priority. The, there's given. a priority. It was yeah. given to, to uh, indigenous families and, and um, different... Uh, uh, yeah, and as far as papal visits go, this one happened fast because usually you have a lot of time when you know that the Pope uh, is coming to your country, right? There's a whole, and there's so many details involved security and all these logistics and things. It wasn't until really uh, the end of April yeah. 2022, beginning of May, yeah. where they said, Here are the dates. Yeah. The Pope is coming. Yeah, after the delegation went to the Vatican and met with, with Pope Francis, the, 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 there were whispers of him coming. That's right. Uh, and before I think, then, but the plans weren't actually concretized until yeah. he met with them. And he told them during that visit, uh, and I'm glad you brought up that visit because when the delegation went to the Vatican to meet with Pope Francis, like beautiful things happened yeah. there. You know, uh, so many different people representing so many different peoples across Canada uh, were were there with the Holy Father. And I think that, for me anyways, set the tone of what we were to yeah. expect when the Pope visited Canada. Because the way he listened to them, do you remember? Like, it was, yeah. it was five days, I believe, if I'm not uh, mistaken. I think it was five days. And each day he had a different audience with a, with a different crew of, of indigenous peoples or delegation. And... Oftentimes, like, you know, with the Pope's schedule, you have an hour set. And oftentimes, like throughout the week, it was like, well, the Pope stayed with them for another hour or delayed yeah. another thing because he, he was just listening to them. He didn't speak. He didn't speak until the until. last day. You know, he spent a whole week listening and praying about what they were saying and then spoke on the last day. And, and then he had sort of said that he wanted to come uh, to Canada. So that for me was... Uh, um, you know, a, a beautiful witness of what we were to expect when the Pope actually touched down in now, Canada. I think that's that's true. For, so, but I feel like there was a lot of expectations, but everybody had their own reason for expecting something, right? So the expectations went from everything to what the Pope's going to say. So I think yeah. one of the things we knew, he was probably going to say sorry. He was going to yeah. ask for forgiveness. He was going to apologize on the church's role. I think that was kind of what was expected of him. Um, now how he put it or how he said it or the words he used to say it, um, I think what happened was people having these expectations and, 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 and putting their own agendas on the Pope's visit, not realizing that the whole purpose of this was penitential. The whole purpose of this was, uh, I think them taking that people could put their own twists and turns. And you saw that a lot in the media. You saw a lot of their, okay, now the Pope didn't say it this way, but when you looked at what he actually said, mm -hmm he came to apologize for the church's role in the past, uh, the, what they've played. And I yeah. think, I think, I mean, when you look at what the Pope actually said, he did just that. Yeah. And so here he was July 24th to the 29th, right? Yeah. He was here for almost a week and, and the, his visit, uh, coincided with the feast day of St. Anne and St. Joachim, right? The grandparents of Jesus. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the Pope was really deliberate and intentional about, um, tying you know, tying in. it in. Like, you know, here are the, the, the grandparents, the elders of the indigenous communities, you mm -hmm. know, and the wisdom that they have. And he was tying it in with the wisdom that comes from, you know, the grandparents that passed it on to Mary, that passed it on to Jesus. And yeah. I think it was it was really beautiful. So, so let's frame the Pope's visit then. Let's kind of break it down. Yeah. So, well, let's start with his situation, right? Yeah. He's 85 years old. He's 85 yeah. years old and he's traveling this uh, long journey from the Vatican to Canada, right? And so that was a major part in sort of how they how they organized this trip. Plus his knee problems, 
Yeah. Right. Like he was told to rest uh, his knee. And so he canceled a number of trips uh, before uh, coming to Canada because he wanted to make sure that he came to Canada. And they said, you had to rest your knee for, for so many weeks if you wanted to make that trip. So here he is. They picked three places, which was also criticized. Right. Yeah, so sure. they chose Edmonton and sort of that covers Western Canada, uh, Quebec, a city uh, covering Eastern Canada, yeah. and then Iqaluit. You know, going up uh, north uh, to see the Inuit people there, and uh, I, those were deliberately chosen, and I think thoughtfully mm-hmm. chosen uh, by uh, the Vatican or the organizers, right? And so here he is, three different uh, major cities. When he was in Edmonton, he did have like a mass at the Commonwealth Stadium, right? But before that, he had visited uh, indigenous peoples at Maquichis. Remember, that? I think that was one of his first public events. It was, yeah. And he had visited, I think, uh, the site of a residential school there and offered offered prayers, right? Uh, then he went to Lac Saint Anne. Then after he went to Quebec. Uh, sort of met with, you know, the prime minister, the governor general, all that stuff, and then met with more indigenous people, had a mass at St. Anne de Beaupre, took a moment to meet with bishops, priests, uh, seminarians, and then wrapped up his trip in Iqaluit, where he went to to meet with students of uh, residential schools, like residential school survivors, and then young people. Mm -hmm. Like, uh, uh, I I think he was at a primary school in uh, Iqaluit, and he met with young people and elders there, and spoke beautifully. So let's look at what he said, because I I think it's really beautiful. Um, Like, the first first address when he was at Maquichis, this is what set the tone, eh? It was the first, really, event that the media was covering of his speech, and that's when you had this... uh, you had a, a, a large place where people were gathered and it looked like there were a, a number of empty seats, mm-hmm. right? And that's for a number of reasons. A number of reasons they were given priority to indigenous people. So it yeah. wasn't a fanfare. It wasn't like people were starting to collect tickets. But then again, let's let's understand the reality. Not all indigenous people wanted to even go see the Pope. I mean, no. there's still yeah. some heartbreak there. There's still some tense feelings there. There's still some emotions there. And so while some people did want to be present to hear him, like you said, apologize, yeah. some people weren't ready for that. No, right? and, they didn't, and they didn't even necessarily, maybe like people were asking for it, but asking for it and hearing it, like accepting it maybe is, is two different things. Yeah. Like, I want you to be sorry for this, but then I'm realizing when you say sorry, oh, I might not be in the place now that I can forgive you at that point. Yeah. Necessarily. Um, those, those are two different reactions. And at, at the same time... Because people on behalf of other people spoke up, it doesn't mean that the whole population of it, of indigenous people would like that to happen either, right? I mean, that's a whole other ballgame. Absolutely. Um, and so just because somebody stands up and says, okay, this is the way all Sullivans need to be, I don't necessarily agree with it. You know, I mean, that that's... It, it doesn't mean that one person speaks on behalf of all and has that one opinion and everyone's going to stand behind it. Yeah, and I think he came out strong with his first statement. Like, I like he came out and was like, "I'm on your land. I'm I'm yeah. here as a brother." Uh, you know, he acknowledged, like, uh, he he thanked people uh, for telling them the stories, like that he heard with his delegation in Rome, and really, like, uh, sort of an emotional moment. He started his speech there by saying that when this delegation was in Rome, they gave him a pair of Slippers, moccasins, yeah. Yeah, 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 which yeah. was a sign of the suffering that were endured by indigenous children. And uh, and I think the people who gave it to him were sort of said this is to remember like those children who never came back. And he 
uh, was asked to return those moccasins when he came to Canada. Like it was yeah. sort of like a bring these back when you come to Canada, which I thought was pretty cool. He had said that uh, it, or it was said, I don't know if during the speech, but that he had kept these moccasins in his room where yeah, he could exactly. see them every day. Right. Anyways, so he started his speech returning these moccasins uh, to the people. And I thought like, who like this is real the pope yeah. is here and he is here as a uh, as a, penit- a penitential pilgrim he's taking time every day because it did remind him i think that was part of the sure. whatever i heard anyways yeah. was it did remind him every day of this and so he prayed like in his morning prayers and stuff he he remembered this and that was something that he's prayed about since they had come yeah. so for months so let's say his his words uh, i'm just going to read from his text there he says today i'm here in this land that along with its ancient memories, preserves the scars of still open wounds. Mm. I am here because the first step of my penitential pilgrimage among you is that of again asking forgiveness, of telling you once more that I am deeply sorry. Sorry for the ways in which, regrettably, many Christians supported the colonizing mentality of the powers that oppressed the indigenous peoples. I am sorry. I ask forgiveness in particular for the ways in which many members of the church and of religious communities cooperated, not least through their indifference in projects of cultural destruction and forced assimilation promoted by the governments of that time, which culminated in the system of residential schools. That was during his first talk. And you could see when he apologized, there was, there was applause. Like he, he didn't get through this whole text. There was applause, tears in the crowd, really like, really a strong sort of emotional moment. That was the first thing. That was the first visit. This tone continued throughout the rest of the week. Now, he apologized back in the Vatican as well, right? When the delegation was there. Was there, that's what I... So, but but they wanted him to come to Canada on their land and apologize. Sure. So that's that's part of what had kind of come... So that's one of his first things. And he said... In my in my mind, anyways, exactly what was asked for. He apologized. He apologized. They're asking the Pope to apologize, so he's apologizing. I'm sorry, yeah. apologizing. And then he's talking on behalf of the people that called themselves Christians that 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 did that that um, did all this, you know. Right. And, they, and he and he kind of goes into detail about a little bit, just like in doing this, this action was wrong. Sure. And and so I apologize. I'm sorry, as yeah. the Pope. Taking that now, the media kind of took that and and maybe got people's opinion. Maybe some other people had opinions about it too. But the media took that and ran with it, like, oh, he didn't. He apologized for specific individuals. He didn't be, apologize on behalf of the church. He didn't apologize on, you know, what I mean, like took it and they kind of dug into it a little bit and tried to. But like with those words that you just said there, that kind of tell me tells me he apologized on behalf as being a pope. He's and, the, he's the head of the church, yeah. and, and 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 as well, he also talked like on behalf of what has happened in the past. He talked about the open uh, open wounds that are still, like the scarred open wounds. Like he, they're he un- still present. They're still present, yeah. like still being there, understanding that. But the media criticized it, made a big deal about stuff. And what I liked was he came back and did it again. Yes. He, he, yeah. he what in my mind anyways, when I was watching, um, he did this in Edmonton um, area. And then, and then later on, like he didn't apologize once and that was it. Right, he he did it a couple of times. Almost everywhere, everywhere he went, he reiterated his apology to the people. Yeah, and and he even mentioned in this first visit why he was because a lot of people criticized him for not going to Cam Loops, right? Yes. And where the where the first uh, discovery of uh, 
uh, you know, what started all this uh, sort of attention, right, last year. Uh, and so he addressed those things. He said, I'm not going to these things because of my limitations of my health or because of yeah. these things or whatever it might be. I'm, I can't make it everywhere. But that's why I'm speaking to all the indigenous peoples of Canada. And that's why he kept reiterating that everywhere he went, he kept apologizing yeah. and things. And, uh, you know, Pope Francis is a someone that you can sort of see uh, or feel or hear the emotion as he speaks, you know. And yeah. I, I think the sincerity in his voice was really present as he was speaking. So you're talking about reactions about what he spoke. Now, big reaction, I know when... Uh, the story when he was in Quebec at Saint Anne de Beaupre, you know, there was these two protesters who held up this sign that said "Rescind the Doctrine," and that became this headline for media. So, what is the doctrine of discovery? We have Matt, who knows, uh, who knows this. Like, what is the doctrine of discovery? Why are people asking it to be rescinded? Yeah. That that became the focus for a lot of people, or at and least a lot of that. Yeah, the the media attention that was. Uh, that was given, and uh, they're referring to um, uh, a collection of edicts given by popes in the uh, 15th century. Um, so it's the the collection of those edicts is referred to as the doctrine of discovery, um, but uh, it's actually a really misleading term because it's not it's not doctrine in any proper sense. Or so like we, in, we, in, we talked about how there's dogma. There's doctrine, yes. and then there's discipline. So dogma is something that the Catholic, that God's given us. Do doctrine is something that we've gotten through tradition, but this is what the Church believes, right? Yeah. And this is, and then we have discipline is something you can believe or you don't have to believe. So when it says doctrine, this is, it's suggesting that this is something that the Catholic Church believes, teach, and holds true. Yes, and doctrine, doctrine yeah. is something that's not not changed or it's it's, it's a exactly it's a unchangeable, yeah. yes um, and like and something like the catechism you have as kind of a, published as a summary of christian doctrine I mean, like yeah. you won't find in the catechism the doctrine of discovery because right. it's not a doctrine but um in the time that it was developed like we th we think of doctrine purely in theological terms yes but um you know the entity that the church has been historically like in renaissance and medieval europe the role it played you know the 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 Vatican is its own sovereignty. It's its own country, and yeah. you know for uh, without going through you know <laughs> the history of what <laughs> I saw your mind going the history, there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, there's a big digression here. Um, but that you know the role it's played historically has been you know as a mediating government between other European nations, yeah. as um, you know a voice for you know what other kings and you know leaders can do. So that was the form that these initial um, statements took, um, and uh, we we can we can go into it. But like they were spoken to specific kings, specific leaders in specific contexts at specific times, and since and or, uh, multiple times since have yeah. been kind of abrogated and right. um, kind of uh, clarified that you know this actually doesn't represent the teach the formal teaching of the church. Um, so uh, and there there is. Uh, I guess the way that it's being used in this context, the way that it's being used to talk about the Pope's visit, that like this this doctrine or this collection of which really do and what what, what Pope Francis apologized for um, identify the fact that the the Church and members of the Church throughout history have participated, have collaborated, have cooperated with governments in the project of colonization. Yes, um, yeah. and you know that. 
I, I don't think any institution that that's that old or, you know, um, hasn't. Um, so, and, you know, even, even pointing out our own government's role in, uh, you know, the, the colonizing uh, efforts right. that, um, you know, there's, there's a recognition that, you know, th this, this is a negative part of our history. Um, but the, yeah, um, pointing out that the church has recognized at various points since then that, yeah. you know, this is, this, wrong. this is the case or this, this isn't actually. You said, you said that too, because that was one of the things I think just to bring up and bring to light. It seems like this visit with the Pope being on it, it, and even, even Trudeau at one time in Canada kind of put the blame on the church um, and saying, you know, that the church needs to apologize for this and stuff. All of this kind of coming around to the truth and reconciliation, when you talk about all the things that are supposed to happen in the truth and reconciliation, the church is only a part of so many. Four of the points. Four out of... of 94. 94 points that... Uh, need calls to, to action. Calls to action. Yeah. So the church is only four things in that. It, it really was a colonization of the government call to do this. I mean, the Pope coming mm -hmm. and, and doing... Uh, I think it's a good thing, and I think him saying what he said yeah. was important, and recognizing the church's role in this 100% needs to happen. But realizing that it wasn't necessarily um, the church through doctrine yeah. that was trying to, you know, turn or convert or, or do necessarily anything, that there was, they were actually called upon to do something, you know what I mean? And that, that was, there's a difference there, not, again— not that it makes it any more right. And the churches and Pope yeah. recognizing that and telling that. Yeah, and I, I want to read a quote from our own bishop in this diocese of Sault Ste. Marie, uh, Bishop Thomas Dowd. He was uh, doing an interview with media, and he explained the doctrine of discovery uh, when asked about it and had dates and times and things. And, I mean, our bishop is a really brilliant man like, like Matt here. Uh, <laughs> so here he says this. He goes, with regards to the doctrine of discovery, this is Bishop Dowd speaking, which is a legal doctrine and not a religious one, okay, like Matt said, my understanding is that the original papal documents from the 15th century were abrogated in 1537 by Pope Paul III. What does abrogated mean? Um, Annulled, canceled. Yes. Replaced. Yeah, okay, good. Which, uh, yeah, which highlights the fact that it's uh, a legal edict and not a theological doctrine. Because right. theological doctrines theological. cannot be exactly, abrogated. Exactly, exactly. Okay. okay, so abrogated in 1537 by Pope Paul III, and this was confirmed and enhanced in 1741 by Pope Benedict the Fourteenth. hundred years. Confirmed later. again by Pope Pius the Tenth in 1912. Two hundred years later. Okay. And guess what? Again by Pope John Paul II in 1984 on his visit to Canada. Okay. And there may be more occasions. This is still the bishop talking. I have no problem with the Pope repeating it again. He's talking about, you know, addressing the doctrine of discovery. But I'm not sure why these other interventions often don't get mentioned, said the bishop. So there are four times there that uh, yeah. it's been reiterated, abrogated, whatever, and, uh, and enhanced. And it's, and it's a legal document, not a thing. Not a church document. Like, like Matt said, if it, was, if it was a church doctrine, it wouldn't just be like, oh, this Pope got rid of it. Like you, you yeah, can't you couldn't do, that. do that. Yeah. Yeah. So And so it's not a church teaching. It's not a church no. belief. It's not a church. It was a legal document and from my understanding going into it, it was between specific countries and it was about their the Portugal and Spain. Yeah, it was, it was a letter to the the uh, 1450s one was a uh, a letter a, a uh, to an edict for the king of Portugal yeah. invading, uh, I think, nor northern um, northern Africa. 
Okay. Um, and uh, the 1490s one was uh, for Columbus and that group of people, the early. Okay, yeah. And so like it was talking about very specific times, but doing very specific things and what they yeah. were doing and how they were doing it and war times and... So like it, it's a political figure at this point, not a, the leader of the church. Yes. It's a political figure mediating and talking about how to do stuff and not marking down what the church believes, pushes, forces, faiths, whatever the case may be. Okay. So I want to just uh, talk a little bit about my experience when I when I was uh, during this papal visit because for those people who don't know, Josh and I were both in Quebec City during Pope Francis's visit. Uh, we brought a bunch of teenagers there on a pilgrimage uh, to, to experience the events surrounding the the uh, Pope's visit, the penitential pilgrimage. And um, so I had an opportunity to actually participate, serve at uh, the Holy Mass at St. Anne de Beaupre, presided by the Holy Father. And Josh was with our teenagers uh, on the grounds of St. Anne de Beaupre uh, at this, like attending that Mass. And um, for me, it was a it was a real disappointment to see the reaction of the media after that morning mass because uh, while those two people did protest there with that sign of the doctrine of discovery they they held it up right in front of the sanctuary i was in the sanctuary with the holy father and uh, i didn't even notice that happened like that's how fast it happened uh, that's how fast it went up and the sign came down it went up but two seconds became, took a picture and came down yeah and that became the story that became the headline and it was like so short of time like i like i said i did not even notice that it happened um then you know lots of tears lots of uh uh healing happening at that mass and the media again reported you know that the pope's words weren't strong enough weren't this weren't that i'm going to tell you a story uh, i met uh an indigenous woman on the grounds of of, of uh, saint andrew Beaupre after the mass and uh, lots of people were asking me, you know, Father, can you can you bless my uh, items? Can you bless my children? Can you, you know, it was really a, a blessed opportunity, a graced opportunity for me. And this one uh, indigenous lady, she told me she was a residential school survivor herself. Yeah. And she had stopped me to ask, uh, to, to bless her uh, items, right? And uh, now, we just- we just point out, you were wearing the full cassock. I was wearing a full, full cast with the little yeah. thing. So they knew you were a priest. Yeah. They knew you were part of it. Okay, yeah. Nice. And uh, she was telling me about, you know, that she's a survivor of the, of the residential schools, sharing with me where she's from, all these things. And she said something that stuck with me to this day. She said to me, Father, uh, something in my heart has changed today. That's cool. Yeah. Like this healing was there. You know, and uh, she was like, had this new sort of uh, um, motivation to move forward, you know, and, and like, you know, like the Pope's words really touched her in, in, a, in a way that sort of broke this chain, you know, like the scriptures do, like Jesus does for us, you know, um, and that was common experience of, of many people I talked to, but her words stuck with me a little more, right? Uh, but that was the common mood, the common uh, sort of uh, yeah. vibe, if you will, yeah. uh, there. And then to read the media reports after that it wasn't well received and it wasn't this and it wasn't that was really disappointing because that was not the mood on the ground where we were. No, not at all. I think that was one of the things, like one of the things that I recognized is being on the grounds and seeing 
they prepared for lots and lots and lots of people. Yeah. Um, and then the media seems to report on, well, look, no one really wanted to come out. Well, no, they weren't allowed to come. Like we had, we were dead. I think it was supposed to be 75% or 70% 70% were were reserved for indigenous groups and indigenous people. Yeah. Um, And then just on that whole note, again, it was set up fast. And I think it was really, really uh, well organized for the time frame that was in. Sure. But there were, there were times where like when we got off the bus, we were police escorted down the highways. The whole highway was closed as they, as they put groups through to bring them to Santa Ana de Beaupre. But when we got off the bus, no one knew where we were supposed to go. Yeah. No one knew. Like it was, it was well organized to the point that it could be for this kind of event. But at the same time, they, it wasn't as, um, so there was some confusion on the ground as to what's going on. And so when, but when we were there and when the people, everybody came around and were watching, we were outside, um, we weren't privileged enough. We didn't get to go inside until afterwards. And so we were sitting on the outside and watching from the big TV screens with the teenagers and stuff. It was amazing though, because we were there with thousands of other people and the applause that were happening while the Pope spoke. Sure. There was like, there was no booing in the crowd. Yeah. There was no, none of this, um, um, uh, disappointment or hatred shown in the audience in the congregation that was there. It was all applause. It was all cheering. It was all very exciting. And like there were very few. I'm going to say um, it was. It there was seventy uh, percent would be a very um, honest guest, or, or like it would be even be more percentage of indigenous people that were there. Like right. we were surrounded by people. I, I had a group of teenagers around uh, with me but otherwise most of the people around us were were indigenous and they were practicing things like one of the other cool things that we kind of went around was they had their sweet grass they had all their culture was still there on the grounds as they were uh, they were practicing things it yeah. was kind of a cool thing to see as well was to see the um to see that going on there was they they had um they had their their singing and their chanting and they had their but at the same time asking for father to be blessed like the 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 culture was still there, still present. Still. Yeah, and I commend the indigenous people because it was a tense, like it's a tense idea. The Pope is coming to apologize. Uh, a lot of emotions there, yeah, but yeah. everyone was so respectful and oh, reverent towards the, the Holy yeah. Father. They welcomed him. Like it was such a beautiful thing. So I commend the people who came uh, for... E- even as uh, the Pope drove in, like so pe- so many people were so excited to see to him. To see and, him, yeah. And to be there. And, and and I do like, like the night before that mass in Quebec City at the Plains of Abraham, there was a cultural festival. So there was the indigenous dancing and indigenous mm-hmm. uh, sort of cultural events and the public was invited, right? So like it, it was, was like, it was a real Abraham. like yeah. celebration of the indigenous culture right and uh, so those were all events that were sort of uh, part and parcel of the papal visit um, so that was our experience and and I could say you know being close to the Pope like uh, very close I could see how attentive and how uh, emotional he was right in, in in seeing the people and receiving the people and I love that like you know we talked about him being 85 years old and with a, a bunk knee <laughs> you know um, took time stopped listened to people shook hands with people uh, like looked up in the face listen you know like he was just such a gracious yeah. Uh, pilgrim yeah you know and I think that was really meaningful um, one of the last legs of his of his uh, trip was to Iqaluit, and he met with residential school survivors there, but he also met with young people and elders sort of at this primary school, and he took the opportunity of saying, you know, like basically, I'm paraphrasing, uh, but uh, he's saying that 
what happened in the past is a scandal. What happens yeah. in the past is is something. But he goes, and then he sort of uh, uh, related it to the story of Jesus. You know uh, that uh, sometimes things in our life happen like that. But let's together move forward. Like it's sort of the theme of the trip was walking together. And he was saying like Jesus, like all our hopes and dreams seem to have died in the tomb with Jesus, but that's not the end of the story. And so he was sort of empowering these young people in a Calouet, like uh, to, he, he used the words like walk upwards and, and come to the light, be part of a team, like be part of the people that are, that are doing that with your culture, uh, you know, proudly, but also for the good of, for the good of others. And I, I think just, Ending his trip mm-hmm. with this, you know, for me anyways, listening to that, it was like, yeah, he's here to apologize, but he's still the Holy Father and he's yeah. still uh, inspiring. Like he's still inspiring people to be who God's created them yeah. to be. And yeah. I think there was a healthy balance of that throughout his trip, which I thought was nice. It's it's uh, my, my biggest disappointment in the whole thing, not disappointment, actually, my biggest... <laughs> My biggest realization in that whole thing was having been there, being present, and seeing what was going on, seeing everything. Like you're saying, is is what realizing my trust in media, my trust in perception, uh, and that how how much it's being skewed and pushed through um, lenses that are not our own, not in the Catholic light, not in the like. Every time we would experience something, I'd be really excited, really happy, watching the teenagers, watching all the people around me experience it. And then coming back to our hotel room, uh, motel room, and uh, seeing the TV media re- report on the news, and and realizing, like you said, like the two protesters seem to get like the whole kick of the day, and they're up for for two seconds. You see the the one person that's that gets picked out because they're doing something, or like that's what the focus is on, and not the hours and hours of amazing things that were happening not the people that was lives are changing because of this experience or the the um people accepting the forgiveness and letting their lives move on from that point you know what i mean like watching the tears and watching yeah, and like it was beautiful there's so much that was soured you know like you think of the chief there uh chief um his name was wilton little child you know he put the headdress on the pope uh, yeah at mac which what, what a beautiful you know, honor for the pope but and, also to to recognize the pope that way i mean yeah, all that and, stuff was beautiful yeah and even our local uh chief you know our local chief in in uh, in, in our area like said that that was a bad idea and that he shouldn't have done that. And, you know, here was this man, he was, a, he's a chief and he's gifted this and, and he has talked a lot about, uh, you know, being hospitable, like having respect for the, for his position that he's coming. And it, I thought it was, it was beautiful. I thought it was beautiful that the Pope accepted it and, and, uh, you know, but everything, almost everything was sort of twisted and turned and yeah, tried to make it look like, yeah, if you don't, yeah, mean. exactly. Um, there's so much more we could say about yeah. this, you know, but we're at, we're, we're out of time, probably over time, but, uh, what know. about next steps? Next steps. So what, what happens, happens now? The Pope's now? come now. He's, he's asked for forgiveness. He said, that, I'm sorry. In the four things that the church was supposed to do in the reconciliation of the 96 different things, this was one of the big ones, right? The Pope coming to Canada coming and, and, and issued an apology. apology and yeah. So that was something that happened now. And so what, are, what, is, what can the church do past this point? What is the church's steps past this point? Um, how do we continue to walk together, as the, as the Pope has said? 
you know i mean part of this is is that we can't necessarily dictate those terms in a, in a way i guess but there are there are terms dictated in the truth and reconciliation council that can i mean the suggestions there that we can kind of move forward and, and again remembering that there's four that address the church out of the 96 altogether so yeah i think where we go from here is is continuing what the pope has said like if if the pope has apologized for what's happened in the past and he's also led people to a future of hope mm-hmm. you know then we have to participate in that future of hope for all people yeah you know, and uh, I know the tr- the calls to action, the Truth and Reconciliation Report call for, uh, you know, community sort of engagements of, of preserving the indigenous languages and the cultures and 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 uh, training for clergy, uh, letting uh, congregations know about the past and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Like we can make sure it's not forget. Yeah. Like we can do that together. Uh, but I, but I think that's our faith. I, I, you know, people criticize us for using our Christian faith to move towards the future. But that's our hope, right? That's uh, Jesus gives us hope. And Jesus gives us hope that we will heal past this together, you know, that we will do things together uh, that will uh, benefit all people, including the indigenous people, to welcome the indigenous people into whatever we can to, to, to move forward, to reconcile together. I think, you know, this theme, walking together, is not just a slogan. You know, the Canadian bishops have started a... Uh, uh, a, reconcil- a reconciliation fund. I don't know even what to what to call what it. To call uh, it yeah. You know, and people will say, "Oh well, well, you know, throw money at the problem." That's just one aspect of what what's happening. You know, us being here in Northern Ontario, there's lots of Indigenous peoples. There's the church is uh, working together with Indigenous peoples in so many ways, uh, and I think maybe some of the projects that are happening in our diocese may be something that other dioceses in Canada can learn from. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's just some things that that could happen. Well, and uh, mo- moving forward in goodwill, I think that like this this is an important step along the way, but this isn't the end, or like this this yeah. isn't the objective. Um, but even even just in uh, the beginning of his speech, like that, um, a lot of the harm was caused by the church's participation in the project of colonialism. That it's like abandoning those colonial ideas. That mm-hmm, idea, mm-hmm. Of, which which fits really, really well with yeah. the church's teaching, that like recognize the inherent dignity of the other, yeah. recognize that you know we we form, you know, uh, <laughs> you know uh, we're we're human and we're flawed and we have you know a scarred past, but we can move forward. We can, um, and that um, you know, um, moving forward in goodwill and good faith and actually accepting apologies, allowing uh, ourselves to be forgiven. Right. Um, that's, you know, those, those are next steps or that's, that's kind of the, the goal. And outlining and, it too on a, on an outward scale. Yeah. And the Holy Father embodying that in a way, like, yeah. like, uh, uh, you know, having the humility to come and ask for forgiveness that can be a model to any of the major players in history who have participated in the project of colonialism. So yeah, that's yeah. an example to governments and any culture that's old enough to have, you know, yeah, it's perfect. Yeah. All right, that's all the time we have. Uh, we've been way <laughs> over our time today, but I think it was really important. And plus, uh, you know, this is our first time back for season three, yeah. so we had a lot to say. We haven't been able to, uh, to, to get together and chat. Uh, so thank you to all those who have joined us, uh, whether you're watching on YouTube or listening on so many different platforms. Uh, and uh, if you want to send us uh, any thoughts, feedback, questions, or uh, things that you want to talk to us about or want us to talk about for future shows, 
send us an email at askusatthecatholicbuzz.com or visit our website at thecatholicbuzz.com. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and guess what? TikTok. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> uh, for Josh Sullivan and Matt Van Milligan, my name is Father Daniele. We'll see you next time on The Catholic Buzz. Oh,